Blog Talk Radio. We are the heirs of that first revolution. Will a strong and united America still be a force for freedom and prosperity around the world? America has created the longest peacetime economic expansion in our history. We are the heirs of that first revolution. Good common sense and sound judgment of the American people and their essential love of justice. Hi, welcome to the Kudzu Vine for June 10th, 2018. I'm your host, David McLaughlin. Joining me as always, welcome Catherine Smith. Greetings from Atlanta. And welcome Tim Shiflett. Good evening, sir. All right, and we hope to have a little bit later in the show of the AJC, Greg Bluestein, uh, one of the lead political reporters for Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and we'll talk about some Georgia politics with Greg later in the show. But right off, we're going to talk about some international politics, essentially, um, you know, a little more of the American side of it. But the G7 summit happened uh, this past week, and uh, it was quite eventful in many ways, I guess you'd say, and something that I don't think uh, any of the world leaders or people on the world stage had ever seen anything quite like it. Tim, you saw this, um, I don't know, I guess it would be called a press conference, whatever it is where they give Donald Trump a microphone and he just riffs on for however long his attention span will take him. Um, Tell us about that. Well, it it was impromptu, actually. It was the first press conference he had had in over a year. Uh, During this press conference, to me, he seemed like a man on the verge of some mental breakdown. He he just rambled. He, He just made things up. It was disjointed. Uh, he he said he he just said things that weren't true. They asked him about his assessment of the G7. Oh, it was tremendously successful. Well, huh? I mean, in what way? What is he talking about? I don't think anyone that was there described that as tremendously successful. Um, he they they asked him a question about Putin. He said, "Well, I haven't spoken to Vladimir Putin in a while." Well. That's just an outright lie because Putin had confirmed himself that he talks to Trump occasionally on the phone and, you know, talked about when he had seen him. Um, he, he he went to rambling about the fake news uh, where a reporter from CNN asked him a, a straightforward question. He said, well, there you go, fake news, CNN, blah, 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 uh, right to the reporter's face. Um, I mean, on foreign soil, the President of the United States said because the U.S. press is very dishonest, much of it. And I, that's a direct quote. Um, it, it just, it, it, it was it was terrible. I, I, was, I was very uncomfortable watching this. I've just never seen anything like this. And, and I don't want anybody to laugh and say that's Trump being Trump or something like that. This is horrible. I mean, this, this, oh, oh, I, I'm at a point <laughs> I don't know what to say anymore. Yeah, and I think there's two things. 
yeah, there's Trump being Trump, but then this is the presidency. This is the uh, executive branch of our democracy, which we rightfully so take a little bit of pride in. And, and once again, he just finds new and insane ways to destroy it. Uh, Catherine, uh, I don't know if you saw some of the live stuff or read it later like I did. Um, what were some of your thoughts? Well, you know, you can say that's Trump being Trump, but this, these are international rela- negotiations that are very important to global peace, to economics, to, you know, just sort of being um, respected and um, uh, on the world stage. And he made a buffoon of himself. I mean, he he arrived late, left early. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, again, exactly. He talked about how we should, they should that he wanted Russia back in the in the G to make a G eight, but but there were you know legitimate reasons why they were pushed out. So I I just and then he you know kept talking about um, Korea and how that was going to be more successful or. I think he said something like that. Like he's looking forward to that as more important, which is just a slap in the face to these these leaders that we've been working with for decades, for generations. These countries, and um, for for him to be so, um, I mean, it was. It's, and then the whole discussion about trade and tariffs was just like a. He's like a toddler. He knows more less about economics and global um trade than a a nine year than a ninth grader really i mean he he just uh, but i'm like tim i don't even know what to think about it anymore i i watch it and it's sort of like um you know we used to say what could he do next now it's like what won't he say what i I mean I, i i'm not even surprised anymore yeah, Catherine, you said a ninth grader. Uh, our guest a few weeks ago, Ethan Kelly, was a ninth grader. I don't think he's in the stratosphere yeah. of the knowledge base, base of Ethan. So um, I thought you were going to say nine-year-old, exactly. which would have been much, much closer. Um, well, you know, you talk about him. He showed up late. He left early. Well, a lot of it um, is I think if they have another G7 summit while Trump's president, they need to look at how they structure it. He showed up late and missed most of the um, where the consortiums, the the presentations on expanding the role of women in economies around the world, and then he left before the um, environmental talks. Obviously, you know, in Trump's world, those are just not important issues. I mean, very much on record, he's just by pulling out of the Paris Accords, he said the environment's just not a, a concern for him. So I wish that whoever sets the agenda for the G7 would turn it around and maybe have the very first thing be like trade and tariffs. And then the last thing could be, you know, you know, uh, sealing the borders and how much immigration policy, policy should we have. And then if you had those things at the barbell ends, then Trump would be forced to stay through all that other stuff that he ignores. Um, and it would be to see, interesting to see how that um, affected. Would he actually um, come on time and stay through if he had those two uh, things he cares about? I think he's kind of lazy, and I really wouldn't think it'd matter what was first and last. I think he's just like the 
you know, he wants to be the cool girl at the party in high school, and he wants to show up late and leave early and blow the thing yeah, off. I, I don't really know that it matters, but to me, oh. that would be a test of what he cares about. Um, Catherine, I, I, what, I mean, what do you think? Or, okay. I don't think he cares. I mean, I, it might make him show up for like like if they framed it like that, he might show up on time, but he wouldn't stay through. He would just go off and you know whatever, eat cheeseburgers in his hotel room during the piece during the parts that he wasn't interested in. Then he might come back for the immigration. I, I just don't think he cares. I don't think he understands the importance of being there. So it's not just what the actual um, what is actually going on in the proceedings. It's the crosstalk and the you know the conversations over coffee breaks. I mean, we all know that um, at any um, meeting, whether it's the G7 or you know a staff meeting, that a lot of what gets done is done on the side, right? the conversations that go on offline are very important, but it's not important to him because he doesn't think these people are important. Yeah. And these countries, we can they're get not that important more. to him. Tim, uh, do you think that changing the order would make his um, attendance improve? Uh, changing the order of what? Let's see. Trump got there late the first day. The first day was he was late arriving, and then he left that meeting early. Now, that's the first day for no other reason than he just left it. All right, yesterday morning, the second day of the thing, I was sitting there watching it live. Well, they started it. Trudeau, as the, the host, started speaking. Well, Trump was nowhere to be seen, and it rocked on and rocked on. The bay walked in about 15 minutes late. And, and and finally sat down, and of course, as we know, he he left that early. Uh, this all his life, all his life, this man has been in a situation where he has pretty much, or at least all of his adult life, done done whatever he wished to do, and then he's just continued it. He he's just being who this is who this guy is. Yeah, I mean, he, everybody thought, well, once he ascends to the presidency, he'll act like, you know, he's supposed No, he's not. He's not going to change. Uh, he's, in, he's treating our allies awfully and treating enemies of this country great, <laughs> an exact opposite of what he should be doing. What about him screaming Russia ought to be in it? And and what, what about what his aide said today? I mean, of course Trudeau yeah. was going to say they're not going to be pushed around. And that's all he said. We're not going to be pushed around. If we we have to impose these things on the United States, we're going to do it. Like, well, let's kind of take all these different things. We've, yeah, we've got Canada, we've got Russia, and then we've got – here's the overarching question. I want to kind of get, get out of order and ask you all this. What keeps the G7 summit from just voting America out? And it could be very much qualified. This is as long as this guy's in power. If you know, if America, you know, gets another adult, 
back in the presidency. You've done it 44 other times. I guess 43 because Sutton Grover Cleveland count twice. Once you get another adult in, you know, you know, we'll we'll reconsider immediately. We can have a special meeting. But if he's going to conduct himself in this way where he disrespects all of them, but more importantly, he leaves the um, Paris Accord, won't even talk about climate change, which takes, you know, all world partners, not just a few countries. He um, advocates for Russia, which they put out because of attacking um, other countries and trying to, you know, take back over Crimea after he – invaded Ukraine, why don't they think about that? And I feel kind of un-American, I guess, in a way saying it, but I, that's why I qualify it. We could immediately get back in once we um, improve, if you will. Catherine, uh, do you think they reached that point? Boy, I don't know. I don't know how the, um, you know, the uh, whatever you want to call it, the bylaws or the um, – you know, I don't know how the G7 or the G6 works. I don't know if they can just get together and vote. I guess they did that with Russia. I, I don't know. It just sounds – I mean, I, I don't disagree that he doesn't seem to be helping the conversation, right? I mean, the whole idea yeah. is to come here and negotiate these big issues. And if he's not willing to negotiate and doesn't even attend, then what's the point in having um, the U.S.? But it seems like a dramatic move. Not not that I'm opposed to a dramatic move, but I, I just, I don't know enough about the structure to know how that would work and what would yeah, happen. To like, me how, I mean, he'd probably be glad one less thing he has to go to. Yeah. It, it was something <laughs> that may get analyzed. Well, let me switch gears here. Tim, we're going to get back on this in just a little bit, but I think we've got our guest on the line right now from the AJC. Welcome Greg Bluestein. Hey there, guys. Hey, glad you could make it in today. Um, well, Greg, first off, um, you know, I think a lot of our local listeners here in Georgia are going to know about you, but maybe some of our folks outside of the state of Georgia, outside of the South, may not know as much about your background and work. Kind of give everybody just a short bio of who Greg Bluestein is. Well, Greg Bluestein, he's been trying to save white people from extinction in this invade, immigration invasion. <laughs> That's why Trump is so awesome. That's why Trump is so awesome. That's why we voted for him to stop the immigration invasion. <laughs> okay. Um, well, let, yeah. As a matter of fact, you know, I got I got over seven thousand hours studying politics. By the way. Did you guys know yeah. that if this continues, that white people are going to be roughly 10% of the population by the year 2100? <laughs> kind of a far way well, far that's out. Why, um, that's, why a lot of, that's why a lot of smart people are concerned. I mean, the truth is not all races are the same. Do you think all races are the same, um, sir? I, I'm not. Okay. Let me, let me hold up. Now, I, do, I, I do have Greg Bluestein on the, on the phone, or do I have someone else? This is Greg Bloomstein, yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't know we could talk about all this. Well, Greg, let me kind of switch gears on you. Uh, Y'all started at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, uh, Politically Georgia. Um, uh, to tell us about why y'all started that kind of separate site all within the AJC.com realm. Well, we started it to basically save white people from being invaded by the, by the non-white yeah. world. I okay. mean, 
I was kind of wondering. I was talking. What? Yeah, but but I think you're actually stealing someone's identity there. Um, so I, I apologize. I can not begin to imagine that's who we thought it was going to be. Listeners, sometimes uh, I, I communicate through email to book guests, and then I don't know their cell phone numbers, and, and this one was kind of a, a loose time frame. I apologize for whoever we got there on the line. I think they're more of a jokester than a true believer, hopefully. Um although they had some instant math statistics. Um, so hopefully Greg will call him later in the show. I'll keep the lookout for a different number. Once again, I apologize. Um, I, I was kind of suspect right off the bat. How about the two of y'all? A little bit. Uh, yeah, we. Yeah, I was going to ask the guy what he was drinking so I could have a case <laughs> of it, but I thought, well, well it yeah. might be no, no. Greg Bluestein. <laughs> Tim, you don't want what he had. It sounded like he had Roseanne's Ambien, you know, <laughs> uh, with, with that kind of stuff. You know, he had Roseanne's uh, Ambien. You don't want her Ambien? Come on, Tim. Yeah. No, uh, seriously, I do apologize. And, and uh, but but and it's so you know we've hauled, you know we've had Gold Party Ron call in. You know we've had some interesting callers throughout the time, and we don't mind that. But you can't say you're someone else. So caller that this remains on the line, um, you know, if, even if we don't agree with what you said, if you'd have called in and said, hey, I'm, you know, Joe from, you know, Trenton, New Jersey, wherever you're from, I don't know, we'd have talked to you. But you're trying to say that you're our guest, that just doesn't fly with us. Um, so we're just going to kind of move back to what we were doing. If this guy wants to hang on the line and listen live, that's his business. Um, but, you know, don't, don't say you're someone else. Just say who you are, and, and we might actually talk to you. So lesson learned, hopefully, for you. Um, let's get back to it. Tim, um, do you think that the uh, other nations in the G7 summit uh, try to, you know, maybe push America out in the short term um, to hopefully uh, bring some sanity to enough of our voters? Well, I'll tell you, David, uh, you know, we're – We've been a global economy for a while now. I mean, something like this happens 50 years ago. You got a war or something on your hands. Uh, but but I think that these other nations really hesitate to do something like this uh, because we are in a global economy. For instance, Canada, who Trump is just absolutely trashing. Uh, is our number one trading partner. I mean, you know, I mean, let's let's get to reality. Uh, we we cannot do without Canada's trade, and and they cannot do without ours. No matter what Trump thinks or says, uh, per, perhaps they're thinking that their cooler heads have to prevail. Perhaps they're thinking they've got to be the adults in the room because someone has to be. Now, they, they have a, But there will come a time when if he imposes these tariffs and these things, these punitive measures, they're all going to have to react. And, and, and the fear isn't that they will just suddenly, um, you know, kick us out of the G7 or whatever. But that this, that a trade war will escalate. Uh, 
not only with with those people that were there this weekend, but 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 we have to look at China and and, and even Japan, countries like that. This, this thing could get out of out of hand. We could have a worldwide recession. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's what what all is on their minds. I don't think they're just going to go off and do something like that because that's what Trump would do. Isn't exactly. Yeah, I mean, but it's just it seems like I said it wouldn't be about America. I mean, it wouldn't be about the country of America. Be we've got to have someone that's actually going to be involved because now, because I believe it was was it Nicaragua or or one of the countries in Central America was the only country that wasn't in the um, oh in Iran in the um, Paris Climate Accord, and then they immediately joined. And we're kind of like the only nation. We're this super rogue nation on this major thing like climate change. And so I think those kind of things are more the justification. Um, guys, I, 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 kind of give me an idea here. I got a caller in from a different area code. Do we want to try this and see if we got the right uh, guest on the line? I guess I'll make Hello. a second decision here. Hey, is this uh, is this the real Greg Bluestein this time? <laughs> no, no, it's the uh, it's the same caller. How you doing? Okay, well, t- just real quickly, I, I don't know we have too much time, but tell us your name, or you don't have to give us your full name, obviously. Just give us first name, where you're from, uh, right from there. Yeah, I'm Mike. I'm from Ohio. I got over seven thousand hours studying politics, so I'm pretty big into this well, also. Okay, well, good. Mike from Ohio. See, if you would have come in this way, we could have talked with you. Now, now Mike, no, I I see you're up there in Ohio. Um, Ohio's been kind of a swing. Do what? Huh? Oh, I just said I'm, I'm just censored to... from society. I'm censored from society. I mean, I've had 10 radio shows ban me. 10 radio shows? You know well, why, why they ban? Banned? Do you have any What? Ban, tell us. Well, for example, Randy Rhodes, there's many subjects that people are scared to talk about. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> I know how we structure our show. Well, we have example, a list of topics. Example, we talk about those topics. And if you stay on topic, which no, I know no, most, no. You, you know, over the no, air no, radio no. shows, they stay on topics, too. No, no, you don't. I, I don't think your political background is as as well-rounded as mine, because if you, if it was, you would understand that. For for example, everybody's scared to talk about the science that's been done on average intelligence among race groups. For example, everybody's yeah, scared but, to talk but about let me how. See. But but Mike, that's not what we were talking about. Uh, that wasn't the topic. As you can tell, we're talking about the G7 summit. Um, we would have talked a little bit about Ohio politics, but I don't want to get into all that. It's not that I wanted to ban it. It's just not what we're talking about. It's just not our topic today, Mike. So, Mike, if, if sometime if you want to talk about Ohio politics or, or what we've got on the agenda, call back in. But if it's all this, you know, race war stuff, we didn't have that on the agenda. If I were going to put it on the agenda, I'd invite someone of another race to be on with us or something. Not that I probably would anyway, but I'd feel much more comfortable having like a Kevin Ross on here talking about this instead of you. Okay. I guess he got banned by our program too. I don't know. We didn't ban him. We just muted him. 
Um, I don't know. Hopefully we'll get a 404, a 770, something we can recognize um, from the Atlanta area later in the show. Let's finally get back to it. With the, the We've started talking about the Canada part, um, and they have really picked out Justin Trudeau as the villain here. Um, how in the world does Justin Trudeau make a good villain, Catherine? He does not make a good villain. He is, uh, <laughs> you know, welcoming and friendly and smart and experienced. And open-minded. And, I mean, I saw him on, I think, Good Morning America last week, and he said, you know, we have a reputation in Canada for being uh, open-minded and welcoming, like I just said, but we will stand up for ourselves, and we won't be pushed around. So I I think he makes a terrible villain. I mean, he's – and I think this is what – this is the kind of thing that just drives um, Donald Trump crazy is that, Justin Trudeau is beloved. Everyone loves him. Why wouldn't you? He's attractive. He's friendly. He's funny. You know, he's very, um, he, he has a very diverse and, um, and experienced and smart uh, cabinet. Donald Trump crazy that he's so popular and so beloved. And, and so I think that's one of the reasons that, that he goes after him because he well, is so, uh, sensitive got such thin skin yes and, and another thing that people on our show have talked about including robin bureau is about how donald trump always wants to be the tallest one in the picture i noticed the picture in the center of the thing because it was in quebec city um he was in the center frame um and so he also was the tallest one in the picture tim do you think that bothers um Donald Trump. Yeah, I I I, I do. Uh, he he's a he's a supreme narcissist. He's got to be the yeah. center of attention. He 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 does. He he always has to be the the, the center of attention. But I, I thought we were getting. He was getting a lot. Why why does he have to pick people out and jump on them at, almost at random? Why, why does he have to do this? It was almost as if this man went up there with a chip on his shoulder this weekend. First of all, it's known that he did not even want to go. Well, if he didn't want to go, he shouldn't have gone. Uh, you know, that, that would have been better than what ended up happening. And, and, and secondly, like I said, he goes up there with a chip on his shoulder. I think this guy's looking for a fight. Look, looking, looking for oh, yeah. this to happen, wanting, uh, pushing for something like this to happen, uh, and I think his—I'm sorry to say—I think his base gobbles it right up. I think they love it. Look at that! It's about time we told these foreigners blah 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 blah, blah as if there are going to be no repercussions to him doing this. Um, the, the foreign you know, minutes, you know, the guys, Canadians, look, though. Yeah, but look, look. It's going to have to hit them in their pocketbook, guys. Then this stuff is not going to be funny. When the economy tanks on account of his actions, and if he keeps stuff up like this, eventually it's going to. Then this stuff is not going to be funny anymore. That, that, I, I <laughs> think. 
think to this day that's the only thing that's keeping Donald Trump in the White House is the economy. I, I think that's Barack Obama's uh, economy. It certainly isn't his personality. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's but the thing with Canada. I mean there was a movie one time that um, I think it had Alan Alda and somebody just all of a sudden makes this preposterous war with Canada and they fool like just the just the most goofy people on the border. Uh, somewhere, and maybe upstate New York or something, that that we had declared war on Canada. And the whole premise is such a farce because, like, the last nation we go to war with, and not that we're by any means going to war with Canada, but still, why are we wanting to be unfriendly and get in on poor diplomatic and economic terms with Canada, Canada? We don't know. But what in the world? I mean, how does he pick out Canada? And then his advisors go along with him because, you know, sometimes... They'll back him up, and sometimes they'll just kind of remain quiet. But you've had two different ones. Uh, Kudlow, the economic advisor, he echoed some of the statements. And then this other guy just completely jumps the shark and talks about how there's a, a special place in hell for Justin Trudeau. I mean – Yeah, like what the heck was that? Yeah, I mean, Catherine, you you, you grew up in Michigan. You grew up right on that, that hot border there. I mean, when you're growing up, did they they make you fearful of those uh, Canadians and that attack coming from Windsor? <laughs> no, we used to go there for dim sum. <laughs> that was what, we, what you did on Sunday morning. Go to Canada for dim sum. Um, I, I just I just can't even. I, again, I echo what what Tim said earlier. I just can't hardly think about it. I don't know what to. I, I don't know. You know, we don't know what to expect at all. I have no idea. Like, when I turn on the news in the morning now, I'm like, okay, what's it going to be today? What insane thing has our president gotten us into today? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just hard to know um, what's going to be next with this. But now let's get back into another part of this. Um, Angela Merkel seemed quite exasperated to Donald Trump. Um, less has been said about that, but you know Germany, one of the economic uh, superpowers of our world, and she just looked totally flustered with Donald Trump. Um, do you think more escalates out of this with Germany, uh, Tim? And then Catherine, you can speak to that after. Yeah, I think, but but uh, you know the European Union. Uh, there's there's going to be some problems now with these tariffs and things. Uh, not not to mention the fact that with his America First policy, as he calls it, Donald Trump has essentially abdicated his role as the leader of the free world. Right. Well, it's probably now Angela Merkel. That or, or, or yeah. she would be the closest thing to it. Uh, I mean, are we going to run out of friends and our enemies are going to be our buddies like Russia and uh, North Korea and, and these people? Boy, that, that's some real special friends to have, isn't it? Uh, you, you know what this reminds me of? You saw the movie Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Do. Uh, and what they were were just kind of parodies of real movies. They make a movie, it's a real movie, 
and then they make a movie that's kind of a funny movie that makes fun of the movie that's the real movie. They've done that in Hollywood many times. And this is what this presidency reminds me of. There's real presidencies, and then there's this comical one that Hollywood or someone has made, and we're actually watching that and not watching a real presidency. I wonder if that would explain things, because that's about what I'm down to now, guys. Yeah, yeah. but it, I, I wish it was that, I wish it was that, you know, uh, fun, right? But there's so many lives and um, jobs and health care and so much in the balance that it makes it scary to think that we have this, you know, you know, less than doing this important, holding this important role. Yeah. Um, well, as let's far as Germany, as far as Germany, I think um, I absolutely think Angela Merkel. I, I, I mean, I just can you imagine the texts going around between uh, Theresa May and uh, Mark, oh. Mark Macron and um, Angela Merkel this weekend? Oh, oh my! Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, if, yeah. if, if yeah. they must be like. I'm not- well, if they don't, well, phone calls, whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, France, just... France issued a public condemnation of Donald Trump's, quote, fits of anger. That's what they had to say about his performance up there. Yeah, this, he's, this like, he's like a toddler uh-huh. throwing papers on the ground and wa- and, and walking out of, of – um, Parties that he doesn't like. Yeah, and and speaking of paper, well, actually, I wanted to talk. You mentioned Macron first. Also, did y'all see the picture of after the handshake that apparently he shook his hand so hard that he left a white thumbprint on Donald <laughs> Trump's uh, the back of his hand? I mean, I read about it. <laughs> yeah, it was on Political Wire. Uh, the, the picture. I mean, so they were just all so frustrated him with him. Um, Shinzo Abe, you can tell he's frustrated. There was no comments there from japan but so many of these nations um but then talking about the paper that kind of brings something else up uh the the report is today and it's the lead story on politico it's on uh, other sources um donald trump will take papers when he's finished with them apparently it's a habit he brought into the white house i mean to be fair he rips papers up and just throws them down leaves them on the desk whatever and of course Part of um, the law, a president has to preserve all records related to the presidency um, to be stored and then later released after so many years, but you have to store everything. And they talked about how President Obama um, would actually save things that weren't even required to be saved because he just kind of was a, I guess, had more of a historical bent and didn't mind if things got saved. But Donald Trump, I don't, sounds like some of the things. He's not trying to hide. He just rips it up. But they've told him, you can't do this. This is against the law to do it this way. And so they have to go back so he doesn't violate the law and take it and tape it back together so they can save it so he's not in violation of the law. This guy completely thinks he's above the law. Uh, Tim, why is he so brazen and thinks he's so above the law on all of these things? 
Well, for one thing, he's he's done it all his life, like I've mentioned. For another thing, I wonder who actually has the moxie to walk up to Donald Trump in that White House right now and say, Mr. President, you can't do that. I'll tell you what, yeah. if anyone tells him, Mr. President, you can't do that, they don't work there anymore, I don't believe. I think he has surrounded himself but with a bunch of yes people or compliant people at least who, who you know, are, are under strict orders. There's to be no criticism of the president. There's, there's to be nothing but positive things. There, there, there is to be no critique of what he's doing, none of that. Um, and there's to be no questions asked as to why he's doing something. Just, you know, take care of it. Now I think people are going behind him quietly and trying to straighten some of these things out. But I, I believe it's like General Kelly said. Right now, the the White House is a very depressing place. And and, and I think I think that it most assuredly is because it's got uh, what Catherine described as a spoiled little toddler in in its central room. And others are walking on eggshells, you know, biting their fingernails as they're walking around. It, it's, I, I, I don't see how it's functioning, and it doesn't appear to be functioning very well. Yeah, it's kind of all sun. You have to share sunshine and rainbows with him, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, Um, exactly. We had read the report as well. Uh, the thing that, dr- that that just struck me was that he throws them on the floor. I just, I mean, <laughs> who, do- who does that? Like, who does that? Except the Georgia legislature at the end of the session, but, you know, that's another thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, he just, like, tears them up and throws them on the floor. Like, he's just a big baby. And and, and I, agree, I totally agree with Tim. I can't imagine that there's anyone who can go up to him and say, can't do that. I think you're absolutely right. They'd get fired right away or they'd be shunned and, and, you know, put into some other position where they couldn't, you know, talk to him that way. So, I mean, they may Mm -hmm. say that they've tried to talk to him about saving these documents, but I find it hard to believe that that, that any kind of firm voice made that request. Yes, uh, I mean, but it just, I guess, God, Mr. President, you know, it's probably like for information, um, but it, it's it's just really, you know, beyond um, pale. The thing that he would even want to do this after he's been told, or he just won't conform, uh, also kind of the same strand that John Kelly, the chief of staff, was quoted, is just saying it's a miserable place to work in the White House, and I guess that's because he has no control over anything that he does. Um, that it just shows that this guy's a general in the military has taken this position, and, and he well, has no problem, sway the, whatsoever. The, Tim? The, the real problem with this is that we need for America to see that we are stable because we are supposed to have a place – of leadership in this world. And if they don't see a a stable and functioning government, you you know, what are they to think and to where are they to turn? 
to China, to Russia? I mean, where else are they to turn if not to us? It, it's it's uh, mercy. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, kind of kind of segueing over, but then there's going to be uh, some um, correlation for what we're talking about. Going to the North Korea summit on the 12th, uh, Monday for us, Tuesday for them, and the Singapore. Um, David, we're losing you. That, sorry. Um, let me see if this makes any better. But on this uh, yes, summit in North Korea, is better? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Good. Um, they kind of. Some of his advisors already said, you know, the the um, summit may not be as good as it was going to be. You know, I'm paraphrasing here because Justin Trudeau has already kind of um, put a damper on it. Um, Catherine, does that make any <laughs> sense that what happened at the G7, no. the Canadian Prime Minister who's not even going to be there, can have any impact whatsoever? <laughs> Just a big excuse. <laughs> Just their, their like excuse, their spin. Well, th- we're gonna just blame everything on Justin Trudeau now. Yeah, in case everything goes wrong. Yeah, we got we got our guy right, Catherine. <laughs> that's right. Like, yeah, but I mean, how I, that I, makes any sense? I do not know, but <laughs> yeah, you can tell he is really public enemy number one right now. The Trump administration, the Canadian Prime Minister. He's getting blamed for things with North Korea that you know weren't okay. even his idea. Anything I, I else? Go back to Dem- well, I go back to a question: Why? Why Justin Trudeau, from our chief friend and trading partner on the planet? Why him? What is wrong with Donald Trump that he would pick this guy out? Why? You got to answer, yeah, David. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it could be some jealousy because he's tall and young and and popular around the world. I mean, that could be a lot of it. Um, and for whatever it didn't reason, I guess President Obama, they were great well, friends. It didn't bother him. Some people are secure, yeah, and well, some people are insecure. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of well, what that boils down to. Obama was tall and young and popular around the world too. So, yes, um, they had something in common. Um, and I guess yeah. you know he, he was on the scene before Justin Trudeau. But it just seems so crazy that he keeps you know using this as his fall guy. But he's using this fall guy for the summit. Well, let's kind of get into that. Um, Catherine, how do you expect that this uh, summit will go? Any thoughts? Well, you know. Uh, our president didn't feel that he needed to do much preparation. He said, what did he say? I don't really need to prepare for this because, you know, I'll know. What did he say? I'll know in in 40 seconds if it's going to work. Whatever. Mm. It could be, uh, it could be a disaster or it could just be a, um, uh, you know, nothing happens. Like, they just have a conversation. But, I mean, it is historic that, you know, I I saw someone say on one of the morning shows this morning that this will be the first American to talk to him except, except, um, what's that, Uh, Dennis Rodman. So, you know, 
I don't know. Which is better? Donald Trump or Dennis Rodman? Or Dennis today? Rodman. <laughs> yeah, hands down. <laughs> yeah, um, he can rebound, well, you know. <laughs> Tim, I guess my theory is, is that nothing substantial will come out of this. That, that there won't be um, – they won't agree to, you know, de- uh, militarize any kind of nuclear weapons. Will be nothing like that, but they will agree to you know like open a Burger King. Maybe Scott Pruitt's wife will get her Chick Fil A franchise. will just and promise John. But you know, seriously, it'll be you know they'll open up a Western fast food chain, and this will try to be sold as this great you know achievement on par with what President Carter did with Egypt and Israel or the Iran nuclear deal. It'll probably be so much better, and all it'll be is a fast food chain in North Korea. Um, Tim, could you see some scenario like that? <laughs> well, I, I, I hope there's a little more than that. I mean, let, let, let's just realistically look at where we are. I think that Kim already has a victory that the thing is happening. He can now sell himself from this little hermit nation to a position of a world leader because he has actually managed to arrange a summit with, you know, the president of the United States. It is a marvelous photo op for him, and I suppose a grandiose sort of photo op for uh, Trump's domestic audience as well, who is screaming, you know, let's... Uh, give him the Nobel Prize. Uh, I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict that regardless of what happens, that Trump is going to pronounce this summit as a tremendous success. He loves to use those two words. Uh, he'll pronounce it that if he simply makes it to its conclusion. Um, I'm trying to think of why he would walk out. Because I think Kim will keep him there and and at least wrangle a a treaty to end the or try to wrangle a treaty to end the war uh, for once in all time and and he might make promises that you know he <laughs> he has no intention of keeping but uh uh realistically don't you think Kim's the real winner here yes. Yeah, definitely. Now, of course, it's, it's how does that um, – those Republicans that are not all on board with him but then may have still held their nose and voted for him, how are they going to react to this summit? That's, to me, where a lot of it's going to be decided on the political success of it because I just don't think there's any way to have a true diplomatic success um, in, in any way. We know, obviously, our country's so politicized that – you know, the new, the Iran deal, which I actually heard someone this past week really lay out all that was done, was really uh, quite an achievement, but was, you know, seen as a pariah by 35% of the public. Um, how do you think the politics, you know, domestically is going to shake out, Catherine? Oh, I don't think, I, honestly, I don't think that many people are paying attention. But they make but, you know, people don't care. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I just sort of feel like it's – I just think that 
you know, people care about their jobs. They care about their, you know, kids' education. And beyond that, they're busy. You know, they're working at least one job, and they're, you know, stuck in traffic and listening to country music. They're not really – I mean, that might be simplifying it, but I I, I don't think they're paying that much attention. Well, but that's the thing, though. What if on those morning shows that they're listening to it, they pan it for – you know, a five-minute segment and pan it positively um, because we know that that's some of that, you know, loose um, news coverage on just a Hmm. morning uh, music DJ can have an influence. I mean, is that where it gets talked positively besides Fox and Prince Kim? It's going to have a positive influence just to start with because it's actually occurring. Uh, Now, considering he had two major meetings to attend, the first one did not really go that well, (laughs) to put it mildly, Uh, that the second one is occurring at all. If if, If nothing is accomplished, if they just make it to the end of it, smile and shake hands, great photo op, everybody be saying, isn't that wonderful they had a meeting and they decided to hold more meetings or their staffs are going to hold more meetings, just something like that. It it would be fine. But uh, I I just hope this guy don't don't, uh, use Trump like a dirty dish towel because this stuff that, like Catherine was talking about, Trump said he didn't even really prepare that much. Uh, I just... uh, What? And guys like Bolton in the room with him, it's oh, oh, it's a well, here's one. Like, let's say that you know Kim Jong Un tries to get some kind of which more damage. We lost you. Would somebody like a John Kelly up at that point? David, I can't understand you. You with us, David? Catherine, I, are you still there, Catherine? I'm here. Okay, I think we have. I think we've apparently lost David, so we'll we'll just keep on with the show until okay. he can join us. Uh, um, no, we're we're off according to this. Says there's a okay. problem. You are not connected. I'm looking at the. Switchboard now. David, are you there? Hmm. Well, should we sign off early if we're not on board? If we're not on the board? Yeah, we'll go ahead and end the episode right here, Catherine. And uh, if anyone is listening, I'm sorry, folks, but this happens in live radio. And this is the Kudzu Vine signing off until next week. Good night, y'all. Hey, y'all there?